She's married to Roger Rabbit? Yeah, what a lucky girl. I'm Sophie. Hi, I'm Paul. And we are SP Film Viewers. This ain't no cartoon, you know. <laughs> but it is a podcast. And we're going to be talking about who framed Roger Rabbit with a special guest joining us from Just Films and That Podcast. It's Josh. How are you doing? Hello. Thank you very much for having me. It's very exciting. Very lovely to be here. Thank you. Yes, I'm very grateful for you uh, joining us on this episode. When you said that this was something you wanted to cover, I was like very happy because it's like it's one that we did initially do with somebody else on their podcast, but that never came to fruition. So it's a bit like, oh, yeah kind of wanted to you know obviously to have a means of talking about it and it's something we quite enjoy mm-hmm. so i'm uh, very yeah. grateful to have the opportunity to get stuck into who framed roger rabbit <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly so so before we get into things josh just tell people who might not know who what your podcast is about just give a little brief background yeah, so I'm the uh, co-host of a podcast called Just Films, and that comes out every Tuesday. Uh, and we talk about films that we think are underseen, something films that we think are underrated. And then every now and then we have a guest on. We usually have what about one guest a month. They come on and and chat to us about a film that uh, sometimes it's just a film that they love or a film that they think is underseen or underappreciated. And then we also cover uh, every now and then we'll cover a list of suggestions. So they'll suggest a film for us. And we also cover classic films as well, so films that perhaps that you you know about, but you would never think I'm actually going to sit down and take the time to watch mm-hmm. that and see what why you know what is all the fuss about. So yeah, that's every Tuesday it comes out wherever you get your podcasts. So yeah, that's that's pretty much the long and short of it. We've been going for a couple of years now, and we're uh, yeah just cracking on with it really, as as anyone does in the podcasting world. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, I listen to a lot of your episodes, and they're, they're really solid. Oh, so thank the, you the, very the banter much. and stuff between <laughs> the two of you is really great as well. So. Thank you very much. uh, We're going into this then. What is your relationship with the film? Is it something you've watched from a childhood or have you kind of recently? So it's it's an interesting one, this, because so so I love this film. I love Who Framed Mm -hmm. Roger Rabbit. And I think you gave me a couple of options, didn't you? And I, and I, I wanted to pick this because there's no way I could really talk about this on the podcast. Right. Because I don't know if Alester's going to suggest it because it doesn't fall into underseen or underrated. Sure, Mm -hmm. sure. You could suggest it as a classic, but it's not, I don't think you're going to pick it over some other classic films. So I did, I, I felt like there was never really going to be opportunity unless we're still going in like 30 years <laughs> and who knows, you know, yeah. you've got, you got bills to pay, haven't we? And uh, th- th- that I would talk about it. And I love this film. It's probably up there in one, of, like it's not, it's definitely like it probably in my top 20 films. Wow. So in terms of my relationship with this film, I've always watched it since being a kid. My defining memory of this film is that I, um, I, I'm not going to judge. I don't know how, how old you guys are, but <laughs> I'm of the age where a lot of the films I watched when I was a kid were recorded off the telly, which is against the law. I didn't do that. I bought them very, very legally, but yes. they were recorded off the telly. So I had, I had, I had a copy of this film recorded from the nineties, yeah. right? Yeah, which I had with all nineties adverts <laughs> on it, and I mean the classics: Tony the Tiger playing basketball, the Wrigley's one. I'm all right with Freak. Yeah. I'm all yeah, right yeah, yeah. now, that one. 
Jeff Goldblum drinking Holston pills. <laughs> There's so many of them. And, and so that really actually sort of enriched my relationship with the film because it makes <laughs> that helps the nostalgia. And then I was watching it once and my mum said to me, Oh, I, I went into labor whilst I was watching this. <laughs> really? So, so uh, she was, it, I was born Boxing Day 1990. So put it in your diary for the cards. It's fine. <laughs> that should be fine. So, so must have been either on telly or just come out on video because I think, was it released in 1988? Yeah, 88, 88. Yeah, I've got it down. Yeah. So it probably was one of those things of like back in, again, back in the day before streaming, you went to see a film and if you liked it quite often, someone would get it on DVD that Christmas mm. yeah. or the following yeah. Christmas yeah. or whenever it came yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. So what I reckon either it was on telly or they were watching it whilst my mum was. And I think I've mentioned this before on either, either our own podcast or other podcast. While she was doing the Christmas dishes, not just any dishes, <laughs> the monster dishes, the dishes that are so dishes, yeah. they have to be split <laughs> between multiple people where you go, I'll do, I'll do, soak the pans. Yeah. yeah? yeah, yeah. I'll do the plates. You go back for the pans. <laughs> yeah. And my mum was nine months pregnant. Oh, love it. <laughs> but I did call her on that and she said, oh no, I had like a nesting thing. Like I just had to do it. Right. And and obviously either Who Framed Roger Rabbit or Christmas Dishes triggered a little old me. And um, and, and yeah, so that's, that's another just part of my relationship yeah. with the film that always, you know, those little things are what make relationships with films a bit more interesting, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Uh, just on the, the topic of when you're saying about the recording from video tapes on the TV and stuff, I, that was similar. I used to do that as well. The thing I kind of remember... Um, from my experience with the film is uh, Gremlins 2. <laughs> I remember that being recorded off the telly and I think there was like, it, it, I think it was from tapes that my parents had because there's like other, like I say, adverts and stuff and then there's like a, a snippet of like apart from Live and Let Die as well as part of that on that tape and it's like, okay, right, just just fast forward that a bit because <laughs> I don't know what that is and then I get to, the, get to the film and everything but yeah, in between that it was all the adverts or these random things that I, I, I don't know if it's so obscure I probably wouldn't be able to find them anymore like even on YouTube but that it was just uh yeah it's, it's triggered a, bit, a sort of memory from back in the day. <laughs> there's so many isn't there yeah. like, i used to have a lot of the bond ones yeah and obviously they would do like bond season yeah. all the bonds back to yeah. back yeah. on itv that, that uh, sort of yeah. thing and there was one where it was uh film scenes with quality street rappers right <laughs> so it would be like a little man made out of scrunched up you know, quality yeah. street doing a, you know, James Bond with the lasers going yeah, up the table yeah. and stuff like that. So I always remember that one. And I always remember and I, on the Roger Rabbit one, obviously mm-hmm. I've already mentioned the, the, the Tony the Tiger playing basketball. Yeah, but yeah. do you remember the Nat West one of the guy and he had to go to the really remote island? And it was like he was going on a boat journey and getting absolutely piss wet through. (laughs) And it showed him talking to some like rural farmers or something about their new mortgage and then going back. And as he got back to the mainland, his 90s mobile went off and he sort of went like that and went, went, hello. And he went, yeah, we've decided to sign the paperwork. Will you come back? And he turns around and goes, I'll be on my way back then or something like that. (laughs) So that, that was what I remember. Or I remember the Kit Kat one with the two blokes on the mobiles to each other. Mm. Next to roadworks, and then when when the roadworks yeah. go off, you realise this they've stood right next, next to each, to each other. other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Better yeah. times, weren't it? Do you know what I mean? Uh, adverts were better. Yeah, they, they were. Because really you like... couldn't skip them. Exactly, <laughs> and they put effort into it because yeah. it was advertising. Yeah. Whereas now it's just like, oh, next, you don't want to see yeah. it. Buy the shampoo. Why? Because yeah. you're ugly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. Yeah, we're definitely nineties. Babies, yeah. well, you're just out, aren't you? 89. 89, yeah. but pretty yeah, much a 90 yeah. baby. Yeah, so and, I'm, yeah, I'm 90. Yeah, I, I'm the baby of the group. I'm I'm, oh, yeah. I'm 90, 90, 92, yeah. so I'll oh. take it. 
<laughs> just clinged on last year to my 20s. <laughs> now so I'm not. Oh, you're the year Batman came out. Sophie, you're the year Batman Returns came out. <laughs> <laughs> Which we, we're yet to cover any of those Batman <laughs> films. So, yeah. Oh, you got to do, you gotta yeah, do it. Got like, got to do it for anniversary because yeah. it's your birth years. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> 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 but with my first experience watching Roger Rabbit, I try to pinpoint it because I've only owned this as like a physical disc as on a DVD copy. I didn't have a VHS of it, so I feel like it was probably either just before sixth form or going into university. I think before Blu-rays mm. were really big. So that's like I, th- I probably obviously around the time when I was going to start my university course, which was mm, to do mm. the animation. So to obviously to have a bit of like research on, on it, really. So makes sense, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So I'd seen, I obviously knew about it from bits of obviously like here, so you know, like pop culture type of thing, but not really obviously watched the whole, the entire film from early, an early days, like really? in childhood. So um, despite obviously being like a, popular with the kids I'm when it surprised. came out but a cartoon you not watched it yeah no yeah yeah so it's <laughs> which is it's kind of strange but so i don't have a i do have a, a very strong connection with it now because it's like it, it looks looks amazing mm. it still holds up really well for what's all involved in it but yeah i'm kind of so i don't know why the nostalgia aspect yeah. then you don't really not have so, that no, no whereas that's really strong for me but i do really enjoy the film it's mm. really great i think i was quite young when i watched this and as a girl and being a bit petrified by things when I was little, I was like that typical scaredy cat girl. Mm. Oh mm. my God, this freaked me out. So like the, the Looney Tunes, the, the, the bad one, yeah, the yeah. red eye, him, Judged I him, had yeah. nightmares. Oh, that scared no, I, me. I remember <laughs> I, I was watching it for this the other night and I said to my partner, that scared the shit out of me when I was about seven. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine, yeah, yeah. Being quite... So scary. And then you watch it now and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not that bad, is it? But yeah. when you're little, like, Very I feel like the 90s, like, they were the dark, scary dark stuff. For... Yeah. Like, what we had to put up with. We had dark, like, 80s, animations. Yeah, 90s, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. <laughs> no wonder we're so yeah. messed up. <laughs> we were forged in the fires of, uh, <laughs> of Roof Rain, Roger Rabbit, yeah. <laughs> and Red Eyes turning into swords. No, it's, it's a, it is a great film, though. Mm-hmm. It is. I, 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 so do you both like it, then? Oh, yeah, yeah. Really yeah, genuine. weirdly, this is going to be an easy podcast because I don't actually, I can't disagree, apart from being <laughs> absolutely petrified when I was little. Mm-hmm. Like, pretty much everything about it is brilliant. And the age of the film and the way that they have to kind of obviously act and there's nothing actually really I know, there yeah. It's... For such an old film to do that so well is really there impressive. Was, there's actually a lot of effort put into this film, <laughs> like going yeah. into like the, the special features and like the behind the scenes about it, how they obviously I like the props and stuff and like obviously things to point as, as, as they sort of do now, but mm. the, the obviously looking back, like, right. They, they shot the entire film and then like layering, like they do on those like cell sheets drawing over the top. So it was like that Roger rabbits here or the, the weasels or whatever are going to be in that position and laying mm. it on top of things. So it matched like almost seamlessly and in, into the mm. scene. It's mm. like, that's so like such a level of detail to put into a thing and it works really well and it's it looks almost flawless as to like you believe that they are there interacting yeah. with those people rather than just absolutely somebody like it still holds up yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's not it's not even like aged you know when you look at a film and you think no Oof, like ghostbusters for example you know with the um what are they called those ter- terror dogs and stuff yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you can kind of see the, the little and... little 
kind of green or white outline of yeah. where they've been kind yeah. of. Mm. I think I think this film is helped by the fact it's a period film. Mm. So it's set in the 40s, yeah. right? So because it's set in the 40s, it won't ever look, it looks like it's meant to be 40s. set in the 40s. Yes. So I think that really, really helped it. But I remember seeing, you know, back when, again, another thing that shows the sort of age we are, one of these shows was Jimmy Carr's 100 Greatest <laughs> Films or whatever. I remember this probably being in it or 100 Greatest CGI Effects or something like that. And Bob Hoskins, obviously, sadly now passed away, but he was being interviewed and he said, that, you know, it was really groundbreaking when I did it, but it'd be things like I, I would do this with my hand and the director or the head of the production design or whatever would be like, stop grabbing the rabbit like that and grab the rabbit like that. Because every time you grab the rabbit like that, you're costing us 10 grand <laughs> like to, to fix it. Or it, yeah. or it could be the difference. It could be yeah. the difference between a hundred thousand pounds special effect and a 50 grand special effect. So you need to watch what you're doing. Because every time I watch this, I notice something new. So this time I noticed that when they go into the bar that only humans are allowed in, mm. the octopus that's a bartender is holding real drinks. Yeah, yeah, they're on like they're on strings or something. Yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. like a martini and a beer and a and, you know all that all that sort of stuff. And I'd never noticed that before. I just thought it was a bar. I just thought it was like a jolly octopus. <laughs> 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 so it's. And I think that's often the test of a film like this, isn't it? Is does it stand the test of time? But to my co-host on the, on the podcast, Alice, her favorite film is Terminator Two. Right. And when we, when it was her one hundredth episode, I, I let her, I picked it and said, "I'll let you do Terminator 2. And I pretty much set the record up and went, "Go on, talk about Terminator Two for an hour," and she did. But one of the things we were talking about was like the special effects in that just haven't really aged. And you're watching it now, thirty more than thirty mm-hmm. years later, going still holds up. And then you look at some of the more recent Marvel things, you're like, how? How's this? Shit? I know, I know exactly. <laughs> like, how is the Doctor Strange weird little eye at the end of Doctor Strange? Shit, how can it be bad? Yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. You've got the money Disney have now. The yeah. multi-billion and company. technology, you yeah. know, it's like not like how hard this mm. was to to actually yeah. make. And they also had the actual actor that was doing the voiceover for Roger Rabbit. Yeah, yeah, he really embraced the, yeah, Charles Fleischer, the, yeah. the, the voice and everything. And he, the I character. think he actually thought he was That's Roger Rabbit, I swear. Act, proper method acting, that is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's, he wore a little bow tie or whatever. Because the only other thing I've seen him in is, is he's in Zodiac. Right, yeah. So if you watch Zodiac, there's a scene where Jake Gyllenhaal can't even remember because it's been a while since I've seen it when yeah, he goes into a guy's... He thinks the guy, a guy is a Zodiac... And there's a really right. creepy scene in this guy's basement, but that guy, the creepy guy, is the oh, voice right. of Roger Rabbit. Right. I can see the the, the outline <laughs> there of where he can go from creepy yeah. to being Roger Rabbit. I can see that quite well in in the way he does Roger Rabbit because it's quite endearing when he's Roger Rabbit and you just hear the voice, but mm. when you see him acting at the side, <laughs> oh yeah, it's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, is it, it's cute when Roger Rabbit goes, Breeze! and then yeah. a grown man goes and says that, and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. what's that? <laughs> well, the voice has got to come from somewhere, so yeah. 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 The, the other yeah. thing I noticed was right in the in the very first scene when the director, you know, kicks off and, and storms off, he grabs his coat, and mm-hmm. as he grabs his coat, his coat is pulled back as if Roger's actually holding yeah, his yeah. coat. Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. I'm like, how did they do that? No, they must yeah. have had like a grabber or something, something to make it look like he was grabbing his coat. Yeah. And, the, you know, this is the late 80s we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it's really impressive. And and like, even like obviously from the get go, like, I just love the fact I mean, I'm a big fan of like the Looney Tunes and stuff. So mm. I mean, like a starting off the film with like a, almost like a Looney Tunes mm-hmm. cartoon. I really I really love that sort of humor that, that kind of gets in point into those things. Obviously, the stretching. And oh, everything I, yeah, else, it's brilliant. Uh, but the fact that it kind of cuts 
to like cut like like it's a normal film studio. Yeah. So it's it's obviously like all this all, all the, the backlot and everything. He can't make heads. stars come around yeah. his head. He can only make birds come around his head. Yeah. But that's why it's good, isn't it? Is what they do is they they sort of build the world in this where they go like it's so such a stupid idea when you actually lay it out. But what in it, it they literally present it to you like what if this was real? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah. if making a cartoon was like making a film yeah. and the cartoons were sort of like another species that shared the earth with humans? Yeah. I mean, if you like back to you saying there, Paul, with, with uh, you like in Looney Tunes, if you like cartoons, classic cartoons, this is like Endgame. Yeah, because yeah. there's like Mickey Mouse, Daffy Duck, yeah. Donald Duck, Bugs yeah. Bunny, Tweety, Sylvester, Hockey Pig, Yosemite Sat, like all of them are in it. It's, and it's and it's kind of interesting, obviously, like they're being like hired out as if they are, they are actors, like, oh, I. Hired out Dumbo for yeah, yeah. from Disney just for like on contract basis. They work for yeah. peanuts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's good. And then even things like you know little ideas that they put into the world building, like Betty Boop can't get a job because she's in black and white. Yeah, yeah. I know, bless her. So, yeah. I, I, I I love that concept. And then obviously we get the iconic Jessica Rabbit, mm-hmm. which oh, actually. Yeah. To be honest, no woman is ever shaped that way. No. Like I feel like this is definitely no. a man that's drawn <laughs> this woman hundred oh, yeah. percent drawn that way. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, like even logically, if she was actually they a real even, human, they, they even said that it, she, she would she, fall over. She would snap in half. <laughs> she, yeah, got, she would not yeah, be balanced. Draw, yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> but, like she's like a lot of cartoon women or a lot of like if you look at how female comic book characters are often drawn by men. No yeah. one looks like that. No yeah. woman looks like that. I mean, no. to be fair, a lot of blokes don't look like the blokes in comic books, but yeah. it's it's particularly noticeable with the women, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. she's stunning. I can't say she isn't. And like, I understand why any man would find her appealing. Like, <laughs> I get it. She's like literally the, any the, the epitome of like sex appeal, basically. Yeah, yeah. in yeah. a character, yeah, she's a proper yeah. femme fatale, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. Because yeah. what I love in it is that she's obviously really sexy, and all the men love her to the point where they're literally drooling over her <laughs> like, like there's a bit in it that i notice every time that makes me laugh which is obviously she goes up to, to eddie valiant bob hoskins character she pulls him up by his tie and lets him go and someone in the background goes oh like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like jesus <laughs> it's a pg film but what i like is it is they flip reverse it and they have roger being really sexy to the female cartoons because he's the best cartoon yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, she's great. He says she's married to Roger Rabbit, and Betty Boop goes, "Yeah, what a lucky girl." Yeah, as yeah. in like to be married to. So it's like Roger Rabbit because he's the best cartoon. He's the biggest star. It's like he's their Brad Pitt because he's the best cartoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't like, think of it that way. Thing. It's what I love about it. It's like so. There's so much thought gone into. Mm. You know, I think if you look at things, for example, one of the criticisms that gets levied at other there aren't many other films that mix cartoons and live action successfully. And this is the benchmark. And I think it will, I think it will always be the the benchmark. If you look at other films that do that, what they essentially do is they go, well, it's, uh, it's people and uh, it's cartoons as well. And they go, what's the plot? Well, no, that's (laughs) that's it. It's just people and cartoons. So like, I remember watching um, Looney Tunes back in action is one. And that's where it's like, it's, it's, it's Looney Tunes and all the, they're with real people, but there's. I remember. Go, I couldn't tell you what that film's about. <laughs> no. I tell you that Brendan Fraser's yeah. in it and Steve Martin's in it, and it's got the Looney Tunes in it. Yeah, we we watched that not too long ago. Um... I can't remember it. 
exactly. yeah, there's, there's not much of a plot. Space Jam obviously has a bit more of a plot, but even like obviously like Michael Jordan, that is a bit like he's not he's not looking at Bugs Bunny. He's no, not no. really interacting. And, and, at... and that is literally yeah. what if we put the biggest athlete in the world yeah. with the biggest cartoon in yeah. the world. Yeah. yeah. But then you only gotta look at I haven't watched it yet, but I believe one of the criticisms of the second Space Jam was there's just nothing to it. No, that, it that really was still pointless. It's just all it's just all cartoons and yeah. look at look at all these cartoons. Yeah, what about them? Yeah, look at them. Yeah, look at our Warner Literally, Brothers properties. Yeah, pretty it much. was, yeah. wasn't it? It yeah. was like a stadium full of all of the Warner Brothers, like whatever. Everyone, characters. everyone you think, every, everyone you yeah. think you want to see, yeah, but with no plot. Yeah, there was no reason behind <laughs> Which it. Which is what you know. If you watch the Jason Segal Muppets film, one of the things they do so well in that is bringing them all back together, and you really want to see them all together. Yeah, and you see them being like down on their look, and you know what they've all gone on to do. To whereas, do. you know, I think this is why this film is, is so good is because it's so rich in its world building yeah no absolutely yeah there's a lot to 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 soak in on that and i do think there there was probably like some like contractual obligation that i think like daffy duck and donald duck had had to share the same screen time and the same with mickey and bugs bunny as well when they're doing the the parachute yeah. bit later on in the film which i really like that bit because it's like uh, mickey mouse like oh you could you could get killed <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like that that it's that really silly humor isn't it like yeah. here's the spare and it's yeah. a spare tire yeah yeah but i like that you know when you go into toontown you sort of have all the same rules as toontown mm-hmm. so yeah. you can fall from a great height and you're okay because the cartoon's okay because i want again another thing with the did you know dip the dip when mm-hmm. he talks about the dip you know you know when he says the ingredients yeah 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 do you know what they are Acetone is like to remove stuff from, I think, like cell, sh- cell, cell yeah, sheets. Yeah, so if you yeah. combine all those ingredients, yeah. I believe you get paint stripper. Really? Oh, right. So okay. what you're dipping them, so essentially what you're doing is rubbing them out. Yeah. So, so when he says there's no way you can kill a cartoon, except you put them in this mix of chemicals, and that mix of chemicals makes paint stripper. Right, yeah. So you're essentially dissolving them because yeah. they're made of, they're drawn characters. Yeah. I so think that's what's like amazing that. about this film, how thought out it is and how clever your audience, the target, like Patty Cake. I love the, the fact yeah, yeah. of that. Yeah, and it's so cleverly done because it will go over a child's head, but an adult will know exactly what the meaning. And yeah. it just adds that element of humour for an adult perspective yeah. as well. And probably when you're little, you won't even know what that is. No, and no. then you watch it and you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> Patty Cake was something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's stuff like that. Or he says, "What?" Eddie says, "Eddie says to me, what do you see in that guy?'" Just goes, "He makes me laugh." Yeah, like that sort of thing. So yeah. it's so layered and it's so rich in its mm-hmm. subtext that I think that's what it makes a cut above other films. And I just, I do think this is it's a great family film as well. Like everyone can watch it. Like you said, there, you could watch this as an adult and laugh at stuff that kids won't get, but kids mm-hmm. will laugh at practical jokes and the the sort of physical comedy if you yeah. like and that sort of thing you know the idea that the we- the weasels can laugh themselves to death yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuff like that mm-hmm. but uh, i mean robert robert zemeckis who's obviously the director has always been at the forefront of technology he's always been like so he mm-hmm. did this he was the guy who made the polar express mm-hmm. and then for a while he made pretty much strictly cgi films so he made beowulf he did yeah the jim carrey christmas carol one and he's gone back recently to more live action films, but he's always been. There's always a thing in his films. There's always like, oh, this is this is the one where. So he, he made like 
Castaway. And the whole thing with Castaway was that Tom Hanks and him made it over a pit long period so that Tom Hanks could put weight on, yeah. then lose weight again because he yeah. was going to be, you know, chubby middle-aged man, get, turns into a man trapped on an island and stuff like that. And then obviously made the Back to the Future films as well, which speak for themselves and, and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. So I think he's a great, I think he's a great director. Some of his more recent stuff I know, as I haven't watched things like he he made the role doll, the witches, and I haven't seen it yet, but I know it wasn't particularly well reviewed. But then he also made a film with I think he made a film with I want to say Steve Carell. I think it's called something like Welcome to Marwin. I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. I've seen the poster. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I've watched it. And I, I remember it being pretty good. Mm-hmm. And that's one where I think it's him. Steve Carell can't tell the yeah. difference between reality and his toys. So yeah. all his toys are like characters in it, but then they're all animated as uh, well. Okay. So, oh, wow. so he's he's always quite at the. He always seems to be at the forefront of like, mm-hmm. what can I do to push the envelope and in, in that sort of thing. But in terms of like what he does as well, like he he's works with like, Steven Spielberg as well on this. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, that was again. I think the same with like Back to the Future and stuff like that. So it's almost like he was they they were kind of working off each other. I think they know what works. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. for an audience like Steven Spielberg is still going with films and stuff, and he's. He's still fairly successful. Not not everything is a hit with him, to be fair, in, in what he does recent. But they're they're always again like pioneers of the, the cinema. They just have such mm. a passion for it, and I say a lot of passion went into making this film, and it, and it really shows to this day and everything. It's... Absolutely, because the other thing as well is this: it is based on a book, mm-hmm. but I've never read the book, and I believe for years, for years they've been trying to make a sequel. I've... But obviously now Bob Hoskins can't be in it, can he? Yeah, the the, the closest they got. Oh, did you see that? Was it Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers film? Did you... <laughs> I've seen it advertised. I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's the sort of like a sort of similar vibe of what it was going right. for with a detective type of thing in a, in yes, a slim yeah. way. But it's a recommendation, I'd say. But it's nowhere near what Roger no. Rabbit's trying to do. So if I, if I was going to make a sequel, I think the time has probably passed now. Yeah. If I was going to make one, I think if you made one about 10 years ago, you could do a sort of new animation versus old animation type storyline about like all the old tunes are dying out because mm. the Pixar tunes are the more popular ones and that sort of stuff. It's so that sort of does, there's a little bit of that in the Chip and Dale one because uh, like obviously they were 2D cartoons and then uh, is it Dale? Or which one ever one with one the of red the nose? <laughs> yeah, is 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 like goes through as a a three D CGI makeover basically, and then it's like oh, oh I'm I getting see. into the real world. So it's it is kind of sort of like that, and you kind of get that mix of I it. I find and, that a bit hard though. And, I think Space Jam did that a little bit as well. Well, oh yeah, where they 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 initially were. 2D and then oh we got a 3D upgrade and it looked worse off but for it. <laughs> it. They do and I think that's the only issue whereas I would rather them stay the so, same design but, but then like Josh is saying incorporate people who have been mm-hmm. created newly mm-hmm. and then you can see like kind of the progress between the animations and such but don't ruin something that is brilliant. Was, I, I'm mm. a big advocate of 2D over 3D in, yeah. in mm. my animation preference that's always has been that I think it always looks better. You can do a lot more mm. weirdly with 2D. I feel like there's there's more emotion put to it. Mm. 3D can sometimes be a bit soulless, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Obviously, no, I think yeah. I think that I think that sort of speaks for itself. Yeah. In, in, in so you're quite an animation fan, are you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I say I, I do it for my my job and from right. uni and and stuff. So uh, yeah, so I've I've always gone down that road. Even at uni when I was studying, mm. it was like I, I prefer 2D. That's the path I want yeah. to go down. So. Yeah, it can can be easy sometimes, but sometimes 3D <laughs> does 
have that edge, extra benefit of stuff, but it's, it's it's what you put into it, really. I think it depends how you do it as well. Yeah. I think a bad a bad animation, you know, sticks out like a sore thumb mm-hmm. or poor use of things. So, for example, I you know I'm yet to see a Disney remake that I've enjoyed. Right. Mm. Yeah, like they keep doing it. Yeah. I tried to watch the Lion King. Oh, don't get Paul started. Don't don't get started. <laughs> but they can't. Lions can't talk. Yeah. So why? So when you see a lion talk, it looks weird. It looks stupid. But when you do it as a cartoon, it doesn't look weird. No. So great. what? So I don't want to see a talking lion. I, I, I've seen some. I don't know if it's true, but some leaked art of what Sebastian's going to look like. Same. We've seen it. We went to this in the other uh, the other evening, and we saw a trailer for it. The stuff of nightmares. Yeah. It's like what the hell? <laughs> what about this lobster? Oh yeah. What if it can talk? What? Like, <laughs> like, if that comes into my room, I'm volleying it across the room. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but I suppose you know they all make a billion quid and and the kids love them. So yeah, and I think obviously it is a nostalgia thing for us as well because we've grown up with the originals. We know what the best versions are, mm-hmm. and then seeing something that's been recreated, re-adapted Did. to this like, format, like Moana being remade like seven years later now into live actions. Like, what's the point? It's not even it's not that long like ago. like in ten, <laughs> not even ten years yet. And it's still like, oh, we, we need to churn this out into something. Make a sequel of Moana 2 in the 3D, fine. But don't need to make the exact same film live action so soon. It's because they've run out of ideas. It's That's the, what it is. They can't seem to all... bring anything yeah. new to the table. So they have to go back and recreate something I and think, ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. And also COVID, I think, really didn't help because everything mm. now, mm. you know, the last couple of P- Pixar's I definitely watched at home. Yeah. Like so, yeah. Soul and. Yeah. Onward, the one with Tom Holland and Chris, which both I thought were pretty, pretty good. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I wonder if it's just something lost a little bit because there is something lost when you can check your phone and go and make a brew or yeah. get another biscuit or or whatever it is you're doing when you're watching films. I think that's why it probably is important to keep going to the cinema. No, hundred percent. We we love going to the cinema, don't you? Mm-hmm. Because it is where you dedicate that time to watch it. You're mm. not going well. Some people might be on the phones. I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend no. it unless you've got that annoying person that's got the light on the screen and you're like, <laughs> "Can you turn your yeah. phone off?" <laughs> oh but... no, they get told if I've said by them. Depends how big they are. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you should go and kind of switch off and watch a film, and that's what films are about. And I think yeah, immersing yourself in it. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. you're at home, you don't you. It's yeah, it's hard to break that mold because your phone's just there. Yeah, if it you, pings or yeah, whatever, yeah. You, you're at it, yeah. aren't you? Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, and the whole thing with the cinema or the theatre or anything is that you you are focused entirely on what's in front of you, and your periphery is not you're not thinking about your periphery. Yeah. Whereas when, the more distractions you have, the less likely you are to concentrate mm-hmm. and focus. So there are films that I you know you will enjoy seeing at the cinema. We watched the most recent Top Gun mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. home, and I remember saying, "I wish I'd seen this in the cinema." Because I really enjoyed it, but yeah. imagine seeing it in the cinema yeah. when it's meant to be seen, and it's such a massive scale of a film that it's it's meant to be seen in the cinema. Whatever reason, we never got around to seeing it at the cinema. We watched it on streaming or whatever. Yeah, we were the same. Um, but I think also with the cinema experience, it's everybody else watching it with you. And mm. if there's an emotional scene or if somebody's laughing, it's that kind of audience involvement mm. within yeah. a cinema as well that you miss out of being at home absolutely yeah no it feels more epic as well like i i always think of like back to when you saw end game i knew you were gonna say that and just <laughs> the emotion the music obviously the, the musical around you and it all just like 
culminate into that obviously that the portals moment when uh, yeah. when he when he spoilers if you've not seen it yeah. but everyone's yeah. seen it by now because he yeah. made two billion <laughs> quid but when captain america catches the hammer i grabbed the hand of the guy <laughs> next to me because i thought it was my partner <laughs> and I, I was so excited that my i got my left and my right <laughs> and i went oh. <laughs> like that. and it was yeah. so good that the guy sort of was like give me like a yeah, I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't even like oh. it was like <laughs> But there's not like there is that shared experience in the cinema of people laughing together, or if it's scary and someone, you know, if someone's got a particular is particularly <laughs> jumpy, then there's yeah. that yeah, there's that thing of someone goes Whoo! like that, and then everyone around yeah. goes Whoo! and then goes yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's why shared experience is important. I remember um, so, someone I used to <laughs> I used to know. That's why we live in Liverpool, and obviously, famously as the like, like, spoilers as the Titanic sinks. Does it? it? Oh my says god! Liverpool I didn't... on the back. <laughs> yeah. So it's sorry, uh, and then they, and then it gets to New York fine, and they go and have you know, but um, it sinks, and obviously it was registered to the White Star Line in Liverpool, so it says Liverpool on the back. And my lecturer at uni said, "Oh, everyone cheered." What? <laughs> like were, we watched it in, in uni, and everyone was upset, and then that happened, and sort of a lot of people went, "Wait!" It's a Liverpoolian culture, like, oh, it's yeah. got Liverpool on Wee. it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Liverpool there. <laughs> But that, I suppose, you know, that's shared experience, isn't it? You know, if yeah. you ever have watched a film that is made where you're from, or you recognise something in, you're like, oh, what's the, uh, where's the street that we, uh, you know, or whatever, or, or whatever yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, you do. And I, I, I don't think for me with Roger Rabbit, I actually ever, I don't know, I would have been too little probably with the cinema. Yeah, I would have been about. When was it? Eighty-eight. It came out. I wasn't born. I think no. we're all yeah. too. I think so, we're all too young for yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. I think this. You think this would probably still hold up if, if like modern audiences, like like young kids, and going to see it now. You think that would like they would flock to see it, or the parents would be like, "Come on, let's go see or drive it at the cinema." Do you think it would do well? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I think so. I I, I think, and I think that I don't think I don't see a way how that it's made in such a way. I don't see it how it, how it can age no. because it's made in the forties. Because it's made to look yeah. like the forties. The forties will always have looked like mm-hmm. that. So it's not like it's because it is a period film. It's almost like a moment. It's captured as if yeah, this yeah, is a little time. moment yeah. in time. So because of that mix of real world and fantasy and the fact that it's got characters in it who will always have looked like that. So, you know, Bugs Bunny. Yeah, sometimes they'll make him 3D or whatever. But that is what it, mm-hmm. what people will always know Bugs Bunny is looking yes. like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's, I think, why it works. I think yeah, yeah. you could show this to a kid now. You could show this to a an eight-year-old now and that eight-year-old could show their kids in in their 30 years time or whatever mm-hmm. and and they would like it as well i think it's pretty it's as close to timeless as you can get i think very much yeah there's there's a lot of that and i was like the message of like how laughter is kind of like laughter is the best medicine really with everything is the best um, but it can really. kill you as well <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a wee if you're a wee yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah 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 but that one of the favorite bits is like when um another comedic part of the film where they've got the handcuffs on him and uh, <laughs> and he's like oh can you hold this and it's like yeah sure and it's like oh you could just slip out of that anytime you want and it's like no only when it was funny it's like only when yeah. It's funny. yeah yeah there's that bit and is that so that's another thing they do to enrich the sort of world is they take the rules of cartoons and they apply them to You're real right. world yeah. so there's a bit where he's trying to get him to have the whiskey yeah yes. and he's like i don't want the drink you do i, do. I don't you don't I do. you don't i do <laughs> <laughs> and that but that's what happens in you know that's what happens in Looney Tunes, isn't it? Is to get someone to do someone, you re- you flip reverse it, yeah. it and that sort of thing, and 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 they and they use it. 
And because everyone who's watching it has watched cartoons when they were a kid, you go, oh, yes, yeah, that's what happens in cartoons. And the same effect when I would have a drink, that my head would probably go, <laughs> like, Bugs Bunny. Yeah, run, run, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he bursts through the window and yeah. it leaves I the perfect I think that's what outline. it is, though. I feel like that is literally showing, like, a Looney Tune being childlike. And that's when you have a drink of alcohol, mm. when you're little, and your parents let you have a sip. You're like, it's the most disgusting thing in the world. You're like, your taste buds... I don't think they ever refine to really enjoy an alcohol. <laughs> I don't. And it's one of those things where when you're little, your head would explode off. And I think that's really clever with the way that they symbolize things without you actually realizing mm-hmm. that they've actually thought every single little bit through. Mm-hmm. Like the booby trap in... Yeah, the end. The literal, <laughs> yeah, nice booby trap. Brilliant. It's yeah. like... It's, Go with wordplay of it. Yeah. yeah, and yeah it's fantastic. It's, it's really great, yeah. Uh, but on the other cheek, the other side of the coin with obviously alcohol. Obviously, Eddie's a bit of a alcoholic. You mm. kind of get his like from the get go with his demeanor from his sort of tunes, having a drink and everything. And that's obviously that's very much <laughs> impacting his like detective career and such. He's got it's, a strong story though behind him. Oh no, why. he does. Yeah, it's re- again it's that's really deep. like touching. I actually nearly like wound up when he's obviously looking at his his brothers like and the, the the photos he got on his. He has the little lip wobble, and I think that's yeah, such he does. A, yeah, sort of goes, oh my god, like yeah. that, and it's like such a good piece of acting because the other thing they do, again, is they make you take it seriously. So. Yeah. His brother died because a cartoon dropped the piano on his head. Yeah, which is silly. <laughs> it is. Yeah, to think but about. when the way that they, the way that Joanna Cassidy portrays that line, it's like, oh my god, he dropped a piano on his head. Yeah. Like that's awful. Yeah. yeah. And he says something in it like, "Broke my arm." Teddy never made it. Yeah. Like that. And there's that bit where you're like, oh my god, he's so torn up about his brother. His brother was murdered by a cartoon, and you are fully taking it seriously. Absolutely. Yeah. You kind of understand why he resents them a little bit, like, Mm. and he doesn't want to help them. And they are, I guess, if you lived with them, I could imagine they would get irritating after a while. Like, it's (laughs) lovable when you watch it on telly, but if you actually have to put up with a tune twenty four seven, like going off the rockers every two minutes, (laughs) (laughs) you probably would want to hit them with a pan. (laughs) Basically, it's funny, isn't it? Because it's sort of almost like an analogy for segregation, isn't it? Because they live in their own little town. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They have their own bit. They've obviously, at some point, I'd love to know the history of the world where they've gone, (laughs) fucking hell, put them in this little walled up bit of LA and leave them there. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're going to ruin the town. But then there are tunes in this who have got jobs. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's just a big monkey that works in that bar and an octopus that we've already mentioned is a bartender. So does that mean at some point they were drawn by someone to be in a cartoon and they were only in it once, so now they're alive if they go and get a job? Yeah, do they have, like, apartments and stuff to pay the bills and stuff? Yeah, the amount of things you've drawn now and the jobless and homeless. (laughs) Yeah, you murderer. Yeah. (laughs) Creating things and then not giving it a purpose. For, for example, in it, one of the things I've always thought is that Jessica and Roger have a house. Because mm-hmm. he says something like, I went home to wait for her and she wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that house look like? Yeah. And where is it? Do they live in the real world? Like, obviously, mm-hmm. he's a big star. So does he live in, like, Beverly Hills? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or do they live in a nice bit of Toontown? <laughs> like, does he have a really fit apartment in Toontown that they live in? I want to think it's Toontown because he is such a toony character and he's more loved in Toontown yeah. that it would have to be there. Like, that feels right. But then Jessica, I feel like, would be more in the human world, I feel. Because she is, yeah, she's she, not... She's not humanoid, yeah, she, in that sense. Yeah, and I think that's what's really clever about her. She's she's obviously a toon, but the way she's designed is she's humanised, isn't she, basically? Yeah. She's a woman. Yeah. She's, 
Jessica Rabbit, but it's it's not, it's not really much rabbit. No, there, it's just because it? of the surname. She's yeah. married to him, so she's taking this. Roger this Rabbit. That's what I mean. Yeah, so what was she what was she drawn for mm-hmm. and what was her maiden name? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like she obviously married him at some point and became Jessica Rabbit. So like was she what was she drawn for? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because they also it raises all sorts of questions, doesn't it? Of like, well, like, could you just draw yourself a partner? Yeah, theoretically, yeah, yeah. But or how are they birthed? And like, like, also like how Muppets and are like and and humans are involved. Like, how what where does that come from? How are they birthed? Like, where do they they come from and that kind of stuff? It's, It's like so if. I think in in there's a there's a, a film called Cool World as well. Have you seen that? I've heard of it. I've not Where seen it. Yeah, I think that's a bit more of like a darker, very darker tone on the whole like humans and cartoon characters interacting in a certain way. But it's it's kind of interesting to think like how that would sort of like come about mm. with you know, like obviously how like like Baby Herman for example is was he just drawn as a baby and or did he come from somebody else and he's just stunted growth oh what? <laughs> well that's because he sort of he he has a girlfriend in it and he says mm. to eddie i've got a 50 year old lust in a three-year-old dinky so was he drawn <laughs> as a baby was a baby mm-hmm. and has aged naturally but never grown so he is aged mm. he's now oh 50 God. years old but because mm-hmm. he's a cartoon he stays as a baby <laughs> like yeah. it's so it, this you could sit and ask so many questions about this film yeah. Goodness, yeah, this yeah. probably is the case because he smokes a cigar and everything. Bless him, and he's doing he's, the bookies, yeah. and he's literally a, a middle-aged man, isn't he? Yeah. When you look at him, mm-hmm. but well, the in way the baby, he acts, yeah, 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 yeah. But you said um because I think it's because he obviously got one in the cartoon. He's got those big eyelashes. It's almost like he looks like a more like a, a baby girl rather than a baby boy. Yeah, yeah. Mm. he does, and. And then he kind of starts talking and you're like, oh, okay, then that's what's coming yeah. out of you. Yeah. But I think that's what makes everything so brilliant about this film and the way that they actually merge everything in. You've got so many different styles of animation, the way that they've got, you know, the actors dealing with the puppets as well. And then the idea of comedy, humour kind of pulls on your heartstrings. It gives you this whole roller coaster mm-hmm. of emotions yeah. and even at the end you're rooting for toontown to not lose their like home yeah because we all like the tunes so they, we like what they do they make us laugh they make us cry whatever they give us emotions yeah yeah and i think i can't compare this to any other film so it's it's hard to actually look at it and compare because i don't think anything can do as good as this nor have i seen anything as of yet do what this film does exactly that tackles it this well yeah yeah and th- other films have tried but like i said it's all oh, cartoons are real people and that's it there's no there's so much thought behind why does this exist and what's happening and why should i care yeah that is that the special effect the special effects should not come before the story the story needs to be solid and then you put the special effects in yeah if it's just special effects then you end up with Oh, weren't the effects good? Yeah, but that's about it. Loads of people like Avatar. That's absolutely fine. And I remember watching it and thinking, this film looks amazing. And then mm-hmm. and then going away from it being like, but I couldn't tell you much else about it. It looks incredible. I was really glad I saw it in the cinema. And it's definitely an experience. And I can see why it made loads of money. And I can see why people liked it. But I was just like, from a narrative point of view, there just isn't enough here for me. And I think that's because it's it's made as a visual experience. Yeah, no, it definitely was, yeah. 
Like, um, recently, we I think I only watched the, it last year. It, but yeah, it was got... re-released before Avatar 2 came out. So we haven't seen Avatar 2. 100 million but... out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we were the suckers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like I said to I said to Sophie, like, if the first Avatar came back in cinemas in 3D, I'd take you to see it. Mm. And we had so happened by chance we were at a place where that, that was out. So it's like, oh, we're going to go see it because it's like the best example of like 3D cinema I've seen. Although I think I was, I kind of maybe remembered it a little bit differently, if that makes sense, mm. from when I first saw it in the cinema. I think I was like, wow, this is actually spectacular. It's almost like you can touch the things. Mm. At this time, it was a bit like, uh, Maybe that was maybe literally nostalgia goggles, maybe a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> it was made for 3D, and then afterwards, loads yeah. of films went. What about what about just like if we make it 3D and add three quid to the ticket price? Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. Got suckered in with those some of those films like that. Was it Clash of the Titans or something that was 3D? I remember going. I think I think we went to watch <laughs> Green Hornet 3D IMAX. <laughs> And I was like, it was about 15 quid for a ticket, which obviously in 2011 was loads more than it yeah. is now. And I was like, why? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. So I can see Seth Rogen standing in front of me in 3D. I know what Seth Rogen looks yeah. like. Yeah. I wonder what kind of glasses you got. Were they the ones that were like the green? Was it the green and blue or was it red and blue? Glasses. Do you remember the free old three D glasses? glasses. Like no, the I think they're more ones. those clear ones now. Yeah, I was gonna say when I watched it, Avatar, it clear was the clear ones, yeah. glass. Oh, well, the standard now, not the, so much the little paper <laughs> ones that you stuck up. <laughs> the little cardboard <laughs> ones from the cover of Smash yeah, It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With some some plastic scissors that can't cut anything. Yeah, Mom, yeah. I got some scissors, have you? Yeah, oh, they're, yeah, yeah. they're fine. <laughs> they weren't even comfortable, were they? No. No, no, really no. I got some lip gloss. Where is it? In the carpet. Oh, fucking hell, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Josh, what you were saying about before, about obviously the story before the, the visuals, I think that's, that is what they did with this film. Mm-hmm. They actually, like I say, they got a lot of the, the, the film recorded and it's like, right, we want to incorporate animation to us, but mm-hmm. how do we do it? And they went to the animation and like, well, well, we'll kind of figure it out, kind of essentially, and by God, they did. And yeah, absolutely yeah. Did, yeah. <laughs> I think that's it, isn't it? Is it's the visuals are amazing, but the story and the journey of the characters and other little things as well, like the music's amazing. Mm. Like they do, they, there's loads of attention to details of how the cartoon works, but there's also loads of attention to details of making it look like 1940s LA. Yeah, yeah. the score and stuff. Yeah, because I, I do kind of like that era, like um, obviously playing the game like LA Noir. And, and stuff you were going to say that I was thinking <laughs> that it is like a little detective, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. game. There's isn't something it? about that that seems wholesome and. And in, in, in a certain way, or just really, I just something about I really enjoy that kind of aspect, like the Hollywood scene, I suppose. Really, but it's it's not all glam anyway, as as, as this film shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's golden age of cartoons meets golden age of Hollywood, and that's what I think it makes it work as, as even more mm-hmm. so. And to be fair, being really controversial, and I don't when I say this, it doesn't mean I want it. Mm-hmm. But what you could do with this film is you could actually just scrap the loons out of it, and it still could be a film. You wouldn't have yeah, yeah. as much of a plot. You would change the loons to be a different kind of, I don't know, like a gang or a cult or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you could change it to a perspective where it is actually just human on human and it would still be a story and it would still work. Mm-hmm. Whereas Space Jam, if you took the tunes out of it, it wouldn't really be it's a... basketball, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. just basketball. <laughs> It'd be very boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you replace the cartoons in this with movie stars... So if Roger Rabbit was a movie star like Humphrey Bogart yeah. or whatever, it'd still work yeah. as a film. 
with maybe an exception of melting them. With <laughs> True, yeah. <laughs> you have to put some yeah. figure out some else. <laughs> what if that, you just yeah. made that, you know, a gun? <laughs> then it would work, wouldn't it? But as I say, there's just so much more to add to that the kind of like level of humor and stuff that it has to offer. It's a different take on that because I was I think like from earlier films, not to say like oh look, they're all the kind of same, all these kind of like noir crime crime thrillers and stuff of the of the like the forties, fifties, whatever, but having this different spin on, on, on it basically of like making it appeal to a wider audience and mm-hmm. get adults and kids in getting enjoyment out of it is is is, is really spectacular that they've, they've managed to capture really and keep it keep it fresh essentially and all this yeah as I, i've said before all, this, all these years and it still holds up really well i feel like a nine that's what a 90s film does and i know i'm a 90s baby so i'm cliche and i'm nostalgic about it <laughs> but i do think the humor in a 90s film and the darkness which is scary but i feel like it it does teach you more valuable lessons within the films like Sleeping Beauty or anything like that or don't eat a poison apple off a stranger it gives you these kind of silly little lessons that you learn at a young age I don't really know what the Looney Tunes is apart from which space jam yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but with with this I feel like it does kind of teach you valuable lessons within it and cleverly gives an adult an enjoyment too and I don't know if films do that as much these days like I can't even compare it like to think oh that made me laugh on an adult level mm-hmm at the same time and it not just be there i think the only one i can think of at the moment hmm. that i really enjoyed was like kung fu panda but that's just because it's jack black so it's like that level right, of yeah. humor is yeah. there <laughs> and that's because it's solid but i think with this it's it's just classic isn't it and it's, it's always going to be i think if you're going to have a hit if, if something like this has to feel so timeless like it does it's got to be there's nothing wrong with it having broad appeal so i think the fact that there are jokes in there for the kids and jokes in there for the adults is something we always talk about on on our pod, which is when I've picked a few little animations that I I've said you know that like, this is good because of this. So like I a little while ago I picked the Road to El Dorado, mm-hmm. which I think some people would argue is in, in places too adult mm-hmm. for young kids in particular. But what they do is you've got to have those jokes where you like you're basically going to the parents and going this is for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, you know what the joke is here, but you can't say, but you know. And then also the kids be like, look, you got hit by the frying pan. Ha 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 ha. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> Whereas I think now, I mean, ultimately now there's just so much content on so many platforms. Yeah. That it's quite often hard to sift through and sift through everything, isn't it? Yeah. But there's, I do think there's definitely something to be said for that lack of broad appeal sometimes. So they are still being made. I do, I do think you're right. I think the, the middle ground is sort of dissolving a little bit, but that also might be because it's being lost in all the content. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, it's it's a tricky fine line. And I think the 90s will always do it best for me. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah. 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 <laughs> Just have to educate all the children now to watch 90s stuff. And I know it sounds really weird because it's like 30 odd years, isn't it? And a bit. Mm-hmm. It's not that long ago, but actually to think of how technology has progressed and what they did with this film is just mind-boggling. I just don't think it's aged. No. And Mm. and you would think it would, or it should, should, because if they recreated this now, if they went down that path of how to do it, Mm -hmm. it, I probably can imagine it wouldn't look as good, would it? No, I wouldn't watch it. If they remade it, I just think there are some things you don't need to touch, and this is one of them. Back to the Future is one of them. 
yeah. There's nothing in that we think this would be improved if we like. It, <laughs> no. just, it looks, it's fine. Leave it as it is. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I think that's my issue. Like I said before, with some of the Disney remixes, I'm maybe, maybe I'm being cynical, but they're there to make money. Yeah. You don't need to remake the Lion King exactly the same. <laughs> no, really, it's, don't. It's great as it that. is. Yeah. I'll go back and watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. You know, same with Aladdin. I don't want to see the I don't want to see Aladdin with a Will Smith genie and not a Robin Williams genie. It's just different. Yeah. And you know, but then the flip side of it is is kids in 20 years will say how much they liked it. 100%. And it, it's cuz it's more modernized, isn't it? And it's more kind of driven towards that era. Like I think mm. the new Aladdin will age more than the old Aladdin will because they tried Probably. too much to make it relevant for that era. And then when somebody mm. else watches it now, it'll be like, ugh, why is it like 2000s or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> and it'll look dated it's, by yeah. what they put in. Standards of that. And then they'll remake it again in another 30 years. Yeah, it probably will. Think, think like, oh, well, this... Like yeah. King Kong, it just gets remade yeah. every 10 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't bear thinking about sometimes with these films. Yeah, well... Is there any other points you want to bring up, Josh? Uh, no, that's, that's that's pretty much it, mate. I just love this film. I think it's great. Yeah. I think everything I've said, I think it's timeless. Mm-hmm. I think it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've not seen it, give it a watch, man. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Well, I've got a sneaking suspicion. I know what your score might be. For <laughs> out of 10? Yeah, what, what score is out of 10? Yeah. Yeah. Can I can I do like halves? Yeah, yes. you can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's say nine and a half. Because I, I'm one of those, I'm one of those pedantic bastards who's like nothing is 10 out of 10 <laughs> I'm, every, I'm everyone's english teacher all right <laughs> so i'm gonna challenge that and go what would make it a 0.5 what would make it 0.5 yeah, better 0.5. if i got to see roger and jessica's house <laughs> that was a good answer i didn't expect you to be so on the ball if there was a bit when they went and they live in a big cartoon carrot or something like that <laughs> oh my god that'd be amazing <laughs> or like minnie and mickey's house you know how cute it is yeah and, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i'd like that <laughs> you know me for, for my completeness of mm-hmm. films and what, how I like mm. to know every little bit yeah, of detail yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on board yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think I'm, I'm going to go 10 out of 10 wow really. and you're going to yeah, do it and you I think, felt it yeah despite obviously I haven't seen it from since I was a, a little little kid or anything like that but there's that sort of like more appreciation from it as of a, of a sort of adult-ish mind in like 18 <laughs> Plus onwards, going back through the film, rediscovering it, rewatching it, and just I say like picking up bits that I didn't see the first time, or just just again like showing that looking at a level of appreciation for what the craft is and what went into it, and it's just mm. there's just so much enjoyment to get out of it. There's so many funny but funny moments I really like. It's sort of like on my humor level and everything like that. So it's just it's just yeah, it's, it's really great, good piece of animation and live action Absolutely. combined. So, yeah. Wow, that's the fastest I've heard you speak. <laughs> You're like on times two speed there. <laughs> right, run jabbit speed. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I feel under pressure now. I had a score in mind when I came in to this, and mm. I feel like I should just stay true to myself. Yeah. Well, listen, that's what you gotta. You gotta. You've gotta be true to yourself. <laughs> you look <laughs> anxious now. <laughs> it's, what, um, it's what Roger would want. Exactly, yeah. and. It is high, I won't lie. And I do think it is, I'm a, a nostalgia baby. Like mm-hmm. anything that's the 90s, I'm going to love it. Mm-hmm. We've said, I won't repeat everything. We've just kind of confirmed <laughs> why the hell we love the film mm-hmm. and why my score is what it is. Because 
they can just listen. <laughs> but, <laughs> I think I'm going to agree with you, Paul. It's going to be a 10. Just wow. Oh, I'll change mine then. <laughs> <laughs> but then when, when Joss said about the, you know, the carrot house, I was a little bit like, oh. I want to see the big carrot house. Yeah, I was house. like, oh, okay, now that's like literally a carrot mm. dangled in mm. front of me of something else that I would possibly <laughs> want. So that was when it was swaying me to a 9.5. I was like, which one do I go? And then it, I did think, oh, well, should I do 9.5? Because it used to petrify me when I was little. But that that doesn't affect me anymore. So, no. <laughs> so we're okay. It. We're past it, it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would definitely, if we had a child, I would sit them down, plonk them in front of the TV, and forewarn them about the red eye thing, being like, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he dies, like, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it gets rolled over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they'd, have, they'd, they'd gladly enjoy it, I think. Unless they get your weird, gory vibe and they'll, they'll absolutely love it because Maybe nothing knows, scares yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite well, That's good. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad it's getting pretty much full marks yeah, apart yeah. from the carrot house. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, I expect now you to draw me and Josh this carrot house where <laughs> books yeah. and, and you, but Your expectations might be completely different from what you've got in your head and I'm like I, that's like you look at it like that's not what I imagined well I'll tell you <laughs> in, my, in my head it's pretty much just the you know you know in cars when they live in a big cone yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just that yeah. <laughs> but need, it's a carrot I need a bit of foliage at the top not like um like Spongebob who lives in, lives in a pineapple it's just like a literal just a carrot <laughs> and it's just the door on the front do you not how do many, that how many beds how many beds three <laughs> yeah. beds it's probably three better than yeah. I want an Decent inside and an out 20, 20 24 <laughs> carrot <laughs> oh, hey! Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you could do something. Hmm. You know, like a little bit of. You know, have you ever been to Disneyland and you go into like well, Minnie's no, house? I haven't, been to, Disney- I haven't <laughs> been to Disneyland, so okay. I'm sorry to rub it in that I have. <laughs> <laughs> you, could go, you could go in Minnie's well, house. I have. <laughs> and yeah. if you Google it, you can see her like right house okay. and everything. I, I want an inside and an outside oh, of the house oh, and a white picket yeah. fence. Let's <laughs> see what I can do. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Oh. oh, thank you very much, Josh, for joining us on this episode. You're, you're yeah. welcome, guys. It's been a pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Time has just flown um, by. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of fun talking about this, re- revisiting this. So, just a quick reminder for those listeners where they can find you on the socials and all that. Uh, yeah, so so uh, yeah, we're on all social medias: uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and all that. If you just search for just films and that, you'll find us. And we're out every Tuesday, whatever you get your podcasts. Awesome sauce, right? <laughs> that yep. threw me off. That did. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thank you once again, Josh, for joining us. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, <laughs> Joyce. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. And a big thank you to our special guest. If you want to check out some of our other episodes, you can do so by going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and wherever else you get your podcasts from. And we'd really appreciate you leave us a five-star review on any of those platforms as well. A big thank you to the patrons for supporting the show, who are Mark from 100 Things You Learned From Film, Ben from Film Vloggers, our friend Jones, who is at Weight Loss Jonesy on Instagram, Sophie's mum, and Nico from The Good, The Bad, and The Weird podcast. And if you would like a shout out on each of our episodes, 
and the opportunity to vote on what we watch once a month, all you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash spfilmviewers to sign up for as little as £1 or $1.50 a month and gets you those little perks and helps grow our little community. And lastly, if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok under the handle SP underscore film viewers. Once again, thank you very much for listening and we will speak to you next time.